Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Tuesday, August 4th, and this is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and I'm so glad you join us today. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and I'm excited today. We normally do guest day on Thursday, uh, but our guest last uh, week was not able to make it, so we are able to get him in today, uh, and we have him calling in. And it's Pastor H.B. Charles, Jr. from Shiloh Metropolitan Baptist Church. Pastor Charles, welcome to SWAT Radio. Are you there? Pastor Charles? Yes. Can you hear me? I can. All right, good. Welcome to SWAT Radio. How are you? I'm glad to be with you all as well on this end. Thanks for having me. Good. Uh, You don't have music playing in your ear right now, do you? No, sir. Okay. Sometimes I hear faintly. Say again? I hear music faintly. He hears a little bit of it, Steve. So, uh, yeah, we've been having some issues with the uh, calls. Sometimes they get bleed over uh, because because of COVID, we're in a different studio. Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? He, he can't hear, Steve. Turn that up. Can you hear me now, HB? Yes, sir. Okay. okay. Yeah. We're messing with this. We're having some control issues. I apologize. But uh, glad that you can join us by phone today, and uh, so much appreciate your ministry. And I know we got a hundred men looking forward to you coming to share uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday about prayer. In fact, you wrote yeah. a book on prayer, didn't you? I did. Yeah, um, and 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 I think that book people can get that by going to Amazon. And you can they get that from your website as well? Yeah, that book is available at my website, hbcharlesjr.com, through Moody, who published it, and through Amazon.com. Okay, well, good. And uh, we're we're excited uh, to hear you come and share this weekend. And uh, I know that this has been uh, a very interesting time. You're a pastor of Shiloh, and um, Shiloh is a church that you, you haven't always been an East Coaster, have you? No, sir. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, California. That's not often that people say that. Most folk that live in L.A. are not from L.A., but I'm <laughs> born and raised there. Uh, and I have been, uh, I got called to Jacksonville uh, in 2008, and I came to this uh, side of the country kicking and screaming. But uh, I'm glad the Lord sent me here. Well, uh, again, I I am glad he sent you here too. My wife and I have had the pleasure a couple of times of um, coming to Shiloh, and we loved your preaching, but we also loved your choir. <laughs> the, cho- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the choir was that choir. I mean, they they just made us move, man. We were sitting yeah. in the seats and we couldn't help. My daughter's like, y'all are swaying. And I'm like, well, that <laughs> choir makes us sway. It was just really good. Indeed. Yeah, it was good. But no, it's, it's been great. Well, I want to talk a little bit. Uh, we, we The way we do our program, we got four segments. And so we got about uh, 10 minutes left in this first segment. I want to start a little bit with your story. Uh, you grew up in L.A. and I 
I re- think you're a third or fourth generation uh, minister, right? Like your dad and grandfather were ministers as well? Yes, sir. My father and grandfather were both Baptist pastors. My father served the Mount Sinai Baptist Church in Los Angeles for 40 years. He was in his 41st year where the Lord uh, called him uh, to his final reward. I was 16 years old when he passed away. I had uh, grown up under his gospel ministry there at the church and trusted Christ as a boy and surrendered to the call to preach at the age of 11. Wow. My father was a pretty well-respected and influential pastor in the city, and he was a friend to smaller church pastors. He would often say that you need to be a blessing to people who can't pay you back. But when I started preaching, uh, a lot of pastors found a way to pay him back, and they invited me to preach. So I had uh, many opportunities. By the time I hit my teens, I was preaching weekly somewhere, and uh, he passed away when I was 16. Ironically, I was preaching in Detroit when he passed away, and um, the church called me a year later, at uh, the age of seventeen, and I served that church for eighteen years. Wow! So you, so when you mean preaching, you weren't just preaching like around the corner. You were traveling to other places as a teenager and preaching. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I have when uh, when I was when I was a boy, I thought that uh, the sign that you were legitimate as a preacher is that people invited you to <laughs> preach other places. <laughs> And uh, now, after literally doing that all of my adult life, uh, with COVID kind of shutting things down, I told my wife, this is the first time in our entire marriage we've seen each other every day for four months straight (laughs) without me traveling to preach. Wow, that's that's amazing. And so while most kids out in L.A. were learning baseball, football, or basketball, you were traveling preaching. Now, did you do those things as a teenager, or were you solely focused on ministry? I had an interest in all of that until I got out of my teens. I struggled with asthma. Mm. And my daddy would, in frustration, say often, it just seemed like you walk outside and you have a asthma attack. So my world was indoors because of that. And indoors became a world of books, and then the world of books landed on one book that I've spent my life studying. Mm. But to be honest with you, while my friends had posters of Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan on their walls, <laughs> I had a I had blown up pictures of preachers that I had taken from souvenir books. <laughs> okay, okay, so I have to ask you this. Now, what posters did you have? I have to know. Like, who... Who who were you looking up to as a teenager? What preachers were you listening to? Sure. So um, I grew up in the uh, black preaching tradition. So men like uh, Jasper Williams, who just celebrated yeah. 70 years in ministry in Atlanta. He's um, uh, continuing going strong. On my door in my bedroom, my outer door, was a blown-up picture of the late Dr. C.A.W. Clark. Uh-huh. who pastored uh, the historic Good Street Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, for 40-something years before he moved upstairs. He was also a boy preacher, well-respected in the uh, black preaching tradition. And so many of those kinds of men 
were boyhood heroes of mine, of course, along with my own father. Well, I have to ask you, being from L.A., did you ever get to meet and know E.V. Hill? My father and Dr. Hill were pretty close friends. Wow. And um, I, I, uh, to be honest with you, I remember when my father passed that week, when Dr. Hill showed up at the house, it's like the, the one of the moments where I just began to feel that everything was going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, he officiated my father's funeral. He led the church meeting the night I was called to pastor in 1990. <laughs> he, he installed me. And if I could tell you a quick story, that one of the best E.V. Hill sermons that there's not a uh, well, I actually did find a record of it that you could find on my website, H.B. Charles Jr. He preached at my installation a classic E.V. Hill sermon that he called, What Can That Boy Tell Me? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> He's only 17 years old. What can that boy tell me? And his point was that he can tell you whatever the Word of God tells him to tell you. Mm. Well, yeah, And that's a big statement about the sufficiency of Scripture. That I, I, I love Dr. Hill. I mean, he... I listened to him preach a sermon one time on um, he was he was preaching about um, how uh, what made Zacchaeus get up in the tree. I don't. Did you ever hear him preach that sermon? You remember that sermon uh, about yeah. uh, that was a phenomenal sermon. Uh, I'd never heard anybody tie in different stories in the Bible to one story like he did with that. And then yeah. and then he threw in um, the, uh, the way only he could do the the hymns you know he would he would do the characters in the bible singing different hymns and it was it was really really special well you started preaching at 17 did you get any uh did you get any blowback because of your youth like timothy did people give you a hard time because of your age yeah um yes and no the church believed from my boyhood that there was a call to preach on my life, and they encouraged that. Mm. Um, when I started pastoring, it's the kind of a half-truth to say I started pastoring. I was called to pastor the church and was given the title pastor, but they basically only let me preach. I didn't get a chance to say nothing else <laughs> in, in, in the church. But there were uh, people around me who, who literally said to me that we're not going to let you fail. Mm. We're going to pray you through. And they were encouraging and prayerful. I still, most, I've been in Jacksonville 12 years, except for one year, every year. Uh, and including this year, I've been back to that home church to preach in that place where my father served for 40 years and I served for 18 years. That's great. That's great. That reminds me of uh, the people that Spurgeon had praying for him. Every Sunday, you know, have it, it, it's great when you have a, a group of people like that around you. Well, listen, uh, Dr. Charles, because I know you got a doctorate from the Masters. I heard about that, and I'll talk to you about that when we come back. We're going to go to our first break. And uh, listen, if you want to know more about Pastor H.B. Charles, you can check out Shiloh Metropolitan Baptist Church, their website, uh, and uh, you can find out more information about how you can be a part of that congregation. And uh, it's just go to Shiloh.church, Shiloh.church, um, and uh, you can find out about them. Uh, they're located down on West Beaver Street, 
and uh, it'd be a great place to minister. We're going to be uh, to be ministered too. I mean, and we're going to be right back after this first break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaker. Chains. He's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom to save Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And we have a guest today, Dr. H.B. Charles Jr. of Shiloh Metropolitan Baptist Church. And so we're not going to be taking calls uh, during the program today. We're just going to be listening to uh, Dr. Charles share a little bit of uh, his story. And uh, if you have questions for him, you can send them to ask at SWATradio.com. And I'll be happy to try to ask him that for you if you want to. He's got a book called It Happens After Prayer. And I would encourage you to get that. Man, we can use all the help we can get in the area of prayer. And uh, you can get that at Amazon.com. You can also get it at his website, uh, hbcharlesjr.com. That's hbcharlesjr.com. He also has a book. If you're listening out there and you're a preacher or you have a desire to preach, you want to learn how to teach, his, he's got a book called On Preaching, Personal and Pastoral Insights. 
and I, I think that would be a, a, listen there's if you ha- want to teach God's word to learn from somebody who has done it a lot and has been instructed by people like he's been around this would be a great resource as well and so uh, that book again is called on preaching personal and pastoral insights for the preparation and practice of preaching and you know uh, HB I'm a preacher I'm an evangelist preacher uh, I'm an expository evangelistic preacher but I'm a preacher and there's a difference between preaching and teaching in there it is but I would say, for instance, uh, in the English Standard Version of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, uh-huh. Paul says, Preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. In the ESV, the first word of the verse is preach, and the last word of the verse is teach. Uh-huh. And there is a sense in the New Testament that there is some overlap but teaching is instruction if i would make a distinction and preaching is exhortation mm-hmm. but i believe all faithful preaching requires biblical teaching uh you know you don't want to be the preacher who um left his manuscript in the pulpit and um and uh the janitor saw it the next day and it you know read argument week here start hollering you know you don't want to be <laughs> no 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 i get i get that no <laughs> you th- want to make sure that 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 faithful preaching is rooted in doctrinal biblical sound teaching absolutely well you know i have had two significant influences in my life in that area um one of them was uh stephen olford did you know dr olford up in memphis tennessee by chance I had the privilege of hearing him in person and did not get to know him personally, have read and listened to him extensively by God's grace. I have, over the years, had a wonderful friendship with his son, David Olford, who for many years continued the Olford Institute. Oh, yeah. Well, we I was able to travel with um, David, one of the guys that worked there, and we took his stuff to Russia. And we train pastors over there with it. But he was a mentor of mine, and I can still hear him hollering out those words of Second Timothy 4, preach the word, preach the word, preach the word, the way yep. he would say it. And, you know, he explained it this way, and maybe you can elaborate a little bit on it too. He said that, pre, you know, teaching is sitting in the living room with your children saying, you know what, you don't want to go in the road because you can get hit by a car. Preaching is being out in the front yard, seeing your child out by the road saying, hey, get away from the road, because you're trying to tell them with a sense of urgency that they need to get away from the road. Would you elaborate on that a little bit? I thought it was a pretty good illustration, actually. I will not elaborate on that at all. I would just say, amen, amen, amen. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, is a, there is a time to tell your child why. They should hold your hand when they cross the street. Mm -hmm. And there is a time to yell at the child to get out of the way before it's too late. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect Olford illustration. <laughs> well, that that was good. Well, the well the other influence, uh, really significant influence in my life is John MacArthur, and um, and I know that um, on your first date, 
you actually brought your wife, Crystal, to Grace Community Church, right? Is that true? I heard that. Is that true? Yeah, that's one of our first quote-unquote real dates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, so I on your first date, you take your wife to Johnny Mac's church, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I knew... I was I was going to Grace Church on Sunday nights, pastoring my own church on Sunday mornings, but sitting in the back of Grace Church on Sunday nights, I had never invited anyone to come with me, mm-hmm. ever. Not any colleagues, friends, family, anyone. But when I invited her, that was um, not processing it that clearly then. It, it was an expression of how serious I was about Crystal, and I wanted her to understand what I prayed the direction of my ministry would be mm-hmm. in the future. Um, so she heard expositional preaching, and then um, she, uh, I remember we went to go buy some, some tapes, and they, the, when a young man behind the, um, the desk told her uh, the Sunday morning message was on Second Corinthians, and she's like, where is Second Corinthians? He's like, he's in a series. And he's like, how long? And when the guy said four, four years, Crystal's <laughs> knees buckled. <laughs> she had like never heard anything like that. Uh, yeah, but Dr. MacArthur has had a, 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 a great influence on my preaching, on my philosophy of ministry, and my doctrinal convictions. Well, and, and as, as he has in a lot of people, but I just thought that was interesting, and I know that um, – they recognized you for your faithful years of service. And I know when you first came to Shiloh um, back in 2008, it was not an easy transition because, you you know, anytime you leave, you left a church that you grew up in where your dad pastored. That had to be tough for you and Crystal coming here with your kids and everything, right? So, as I said earlier, the Lord drug me to Jacksonville <laughs> kicking and screaming. I, I had only known one city and one church my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. Uh, my entire life, I should say. And, um, yeah, so I, I really had no intention of leaving. When I was invited to fill the pulpit on a holiday weekend here, uh, they they made it clear to me that I was just a guest to fill in the pulpit, and I was not considered a candidate, and I uh, good because I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to be a uh, a candidate, um, but God was up to something and things moved pretty quickly. But it was a challenging transition, first of all, because it was literally on the other side of the country. Um, in fact, uh, one of my first friends here, one of them was uh, Pastor Mac Brunson, who served First Baptist Church at the time. And he said, you didn't just move to another city, you moved to another planet. You know, culturally it was different from Los Angeles. And then I would also add, um, I didn't know a soul here when I moved here, really, personally. And and then the church was going through a great trial. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I didn't really, I did not expect the church would survive it. I thought the Lord was calling me here to preside over a funeral. <laughs> and God is a uh, God is just gracious. Twelve years later, the church is alive and well and still kicking for the glory of God. Mm. Well, I know if you and by the way, uh, if you want to know more about Shiloh Church, 
just go to Shiloh, that's S-H-I-L-O-H dot church, uh, and you can uh, find out there's sermons you can listen to, and uh, there's there's information about the church. And you don't only have the downtown campus, don't you? You have a you have another campus in Mandarin, I believe, right, Doctor Charles? Um, yeah. So we um, in 2015 merged with a predominantly it's a, one of the most interesting marriages <laughs> in 2015. A 100 year old predominantly Black Baptist church married a predominantly white 100-year-old white Baptist church, <laughs> and um, we, we, we kept both uh, campuses and um, have a ministry and outreach from both places. So, yes, the church meets downtown, uh, Jacksonville on Beaver Street, and we are in Orange Park on the, college, on the corner of College and Blandon. Orange Park, that's right. I, I, I knew it was somewhere in south, and so... Um, you know, that's interesting that you talk about that. We, and we got a break for the news in about a minute and a half. And so what I want to uh, just give you something to think about during the news break. And when we come back, in light of everything going on, uh, you have acknowledged at least two or three times in our conversation today about a difference in culture. And, and you know, I've traveled to 23 different countries in ministry over the last 25 years and been very involved with ministries in those countries. And I've never had a problem with cultural differences. Uh, I've learned that God has created all these cultures to benefit every one of us. We learn from different cultures. And so I don't see it as a bad thing. And I, I want to get you to weigh in biblically in a minute because I know that's where you come from uh, on Everything that's been going on, because how can we as believers uh, come together to model for the world what we, you know, what God wants as we deal with one another in worship, out in town, wherever we are in light of everything going on? So can we talk about that when we come back from the break? Good deal. All right. Hey, you're listening to uh, SWAT Radio, and I've got Pastor H.B. Charles from uh, Shiloh Metropolitan Baptist Church. And if you want to know more about uh, Pastor Charles, you can go to hbcharlesjr.com and uh, more about the church at shiloh.church. He has uh, books on prayer, on preaching. You can get those for his website. Got some great resources also on his website, a podcast that you can listen to on a lot of different topics. And we're going to come back right after the break with more of H.B. Charles Jr. on SWAT Radio.
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. You're listening to Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with my special guest today, Dr. H.B. Charles from Shiloh Metropolitan Church. And I want to tell you again, his website is hbcharlesjr.com. By the way, I was just looking over your website, Dr. Charles, and uh, you got some of my favorite books on preaching, which is always a good resource. If you're a teacher, that might be a good place for you to go. Helpful hints for preaching online. He's got some good resources on there. So that's hbcharlesjr.com. And then if you want to know more about Shiloh Church, just go to shiloh.church. They have a campus in Orange Park, and they got one downtown and um uh Dr. Charles I want to ask you we you know before we go to the break uh I was reminded when you were sharing uh about Spurgeon you know I, I was thinking about your how young you were when you got started but you know at 16 uh Charles Spurgeon was speaking uh, or preaching 16 sermons a week and he read mm. 6 books a week so yep. I I feel very convicted <laughs> just because re- i remember when i first um read that spurgeon read six uh, most of my life i've had a practice of reading a book a week mm-hmm. and when i uh when i read that uh spurgeon read six books and of course this is meaty puritan theology mm-hmm. i wept i was like lord i'm so shallow and immature and uncommitted and i got a sense back from the lord you ain't spurgeon you just hold on to that one book well, well yeah <laughs> and, and you know and you do bring up a good point because it's like i remember reading about Mueller or hudson taylor and the, the amount of hours these men prayed or david brainerd and how often mm-hmm. they prayed and and you feel convicted because you're not praying two three hours a day and right. and and you know First of all, different times, different places. Not that we shouldn't pray, uh, but um, it's it, it's we all are different, and God brings us at different times and in different places, different experiences. And it, and when you try to compare yourself to somebody, it it becomes a, a very negative exercise, I think, because we have to be who God created us to be, and be faithful to the ministry He's called us. And I was remembering David Livingston said to Spurgeon one time. How do you do so much in one day? And mm-hmm. and Spurgeon told him, he said, Mr. Livingston, there's two of us working. And yeah. and that gets back to the whole issue of prayer. And I know just before we get into the thing about the racial um, uh, and the ethnic prejudice, your book on prayer, if you could give somebody an elevator speech about why you wrote that book, what would you say? If you just somebody said, hey, I heard you wrote a book on prayer what what why do i need to read that book what how will it help me what would you say well to i'm i'm asked you know the book is entitled it happens after prayer mm-hmm. and i'm most commonly asked what happens after prayer <laughs> and my answer is fill in the blank mm-hmm. whatever you need god to do typically happens on the other side of prayer because prayer is the expression of our dependence upon God. There's a lot of things you can do to help the situation after you pray, but there's usually nothing you can do to help the situation until you pray. Mm-hmm. When we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. Mm. Yeah, that's that's good. And and I know that um you you go into things in the book uh like forgiveness or wisdom or he all kinds of issues, like even 
Hannah with her child. I mean, here's a woman who was desperate to have a baby because in that culture, it was a curse if you didn't have a baby. You know, to be barren was a curse. And so there's desperate people in the Bible as hope stories for us to look at prayer. And so I'm glad you wrote that. You can go to Amazon.com and order it. It happens after prayer. Or you can go to H.B. Charles Jr. website and get that. Um, And so I want to go now to the issue of our our unrest in America, specifically in the issue of ethnic prejudice, as our good friend Vodi Bauckham refers to it. You know, Vodi says that we have one race, which is true. Uh, according to Acts, we all come from Adam. And he says, but there's a lot of ethnic prejudice. And, and it's never right. It should be dealt with. And a lot of people are asking questions right now. Uh, so what are you instructing your people on because i know you said earlier you have two kind of different bodies there but they're one body because we're all part of one body but they have different cultures probably so how do you facilitate those people serving the community with everything going on and the unrest right now pastor yeah well first of all um i am a pastor committed to biblical exposition and I don't feel like uh, I have to be a pulpit ambulance chaser mm-hmm. uh, trying to keep up with whatever the major issue is in the news and in the culture and in the society. The weeks leading up to the George Floyd killing at the hands of that police officer, I had spent eight weeks preaching through the petitions of the Lord's Prayer. Mm. And I preached line by line the model prayer. Your kingdom come, (laughs) your will be done. Forgive us our debts. Um, Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Doug, after that, I didn't feel any pressure Mm. that I needed to say something special uh, regarding those racial matters, because I had been talking about it for weeks out of God's Word, in the study of prayer, from the lips of the Lord Jesus. It just so happened, providentially, that the weekend of that occurrence, I started a new brief four-week series on, of all things, the book of Jonah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> who, who, uh, well... If he wasn't a racist, he's at least a nationalist. Oh, yeah. He was definitely is, a nationalist is, there. Who is who is concerned about his people, and, and God has called him to people who have wronged his people and says, I want to use you to be my messenger there so that my mercy might be extended to them. Um yeah, and I, I, during those weeks, I was preaching the message of Jonah. And so in those regards, you know, brother, I've, um, I, I did more talking through application and exposition of God's Word. Um, I spent a lot of time addressing things in pastoral prayer, uh, hoping that um, by leading the church in prayer, 
I'm giving a sense to the congregation of what and how they should be praying. But really, if you want to know where my heart and mind is about this, I could tell you there's three questions. There's three statements, I should say, two, two, two declarations and one question that I have been struggling with way beyond the events of the past few months, really for most of this year. And I almost once a week say these three sentences to my wife as something comes up that burdens my heart and mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying them a lot to my church. Sentence one, the message of the Bible is the absolute ridiculous claim that a holy God has reconciled with rebellious, sinful man by giving his own son to pay man's sin debt. Mm -hmm. Statement two. The proof of that in the New Testament, the physical proof that God has done that, that the Scriptures used to argue it, is that God has taken the most polarized people, Jews and Gentiles, and made them a new people in Christ. Mm. Question. How in our generation are we going to get people to believe the gospel if we in the church act like the gospel of Christ can't reconcile black and white people? Mm -hmm. Are those three fair statements in your mind, Doug? Oh, I think think that's... Fabulous. I think you're exactly right. And I think part of the issue is in our culture, and I, I, I'll ask you to speak to this if, if you're okay. Uh, the leaders in the church as a whole, not all, but uh, as a whole, as, as you look collectively at our country, uh, I've been concerned that there's a lot of people that are going beyond what you said to the culture and looking for guidance from the culture instead of scripture for guidance. Because what you just said is we focus on the most amazing fact uh, that God has sent his son for us. And, and, and that if we focus on the gospel, won't that like a magnet bring people together? I mean, of all colors and races and ethnic backgrounds, I mean, if you're focusing on Jesus, doesn't it, if, if the focus is not on the individual, I, I don't know, I, maybe I'm simplifying it too much, but I just think that if we focus on Jesus, it does, if you, you know, but I don't hear a lot of that going on, HB. Brother, brother, I'm telling you, the problem with so many of the discussions about these matters um, is that we got Culture first, politics first, Hmm. uh, economics first, opinion first, all of those matters. And you you ask the right question. Where is Jesus in the midst of all of this? And I don't remember who to attribute the quote to, but, you know, there's a quote that, you know, says that God made man in his own image and in his own likeness, and man keeps trying to return the favor. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, I, and I, I feel like the unfortunate thing is that that's not just true of the pagan society we live in. Mm. It is now true of professing believers. And here's the most grievous thing to me, brother. I think it's true of many pastors in pulpits who are shaping God into the image of the culture or their opinion or whatever it would be. 
and they are not prosecuting the agenda of Colossians 1 28 him we proclaim yes that's true warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ hey that's that's a great quote we're going to be right back after this last break with H.B. Charles on SWAT radio this program has the potential to reach millions of men each week If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, oh right now. It's easy to say when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right? Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. You're listening to Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with my guest today, Dr. H.B. Charles from Shiloh Church. I want to tell you about Shiloh one more time, Shiloh.Church. You can go there and learn more about the church. Listen, if you live in Jacksonville, you will be blessed to go and just be a part of that congregation. Even if you're, I'm not telling you to leave your church family if you have one, but just go one Sunday are you, are, wait, first of all, I need to ask you, with COVID and everything, are you guys meeting yet, uh, Dr. Charles? Because I don't know. I just made that assumption. Some churches are, and I know some aren't. Are you guys meeting? We are in the process of reopening some of our challenges that we are managing two locations. Uh-huh. Uh, we are in the process of re, re, of reopening uh, our our campuses even as we speak. Okay, so they can find out on your website, all right? If they go to Shiloh.Church, it should have information about that? It will. Okay, so go to Shiloh Church, check it out. But you can also get uh, past sermons on there um, and go to his uh, personal website, hbcharlesjr.com, and you can get the book, It Happens After Prayer. And I'm hoping that uh, at the SWAT retreat this weekend, you're going to share a little bit about that. <laughs> So, because we're we're going to be talking about prayer, 
Um, this last segment, uh, HB, I want to talk a little bit uh, about the preaching thing again, because you're a preacher, teacher, you're a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And Spurgeon said that the preacher has to feel the weight of the text and the weight of the cross. And I just personally feel like after traveling to so many other countries that here in America, we miss this sometimes. I, mm-hmm. I, I think we, it, it's, I think we play loose sometimes with God's word instead of allowing the weight of the text. Cause I read Jeremiah and I read uh, what the prophets, what they, the way they preached and the burden they carried for the people that they were giving the word to. And I don't know that that's always the case. And I don't mean to make a generalization like that, but it's just, uh, it's been my experience that that happens a lot because there's a lot of preachers in America. Not all of them are biblical. Yeah. So um, I was uh, leading a um, a uh, session last night for our small group leaders. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what I said to them, um, that there's three positions to stand in relationship to the Scripture. Two of them, of course, are wrong. Mm-hmm. One is to stand above the Scripture. You see this in its most audacious form with preachers, scholars, commentators who have the audacity to stand over the text and declare what in the text is true or not true. <laughs> yeah, uh, they stand over the like they are the authority over God's word. But then, and I think this is just as bad. There are those who stand alongside the word, as if they are peers. I I, I call this um I've been calling this lately life coach preaching. You know, mm-hmm. the Bible's got some interesting things to say, and I've got some interesting things to say, and I'm going to give you a little bit of Bible, but I'm going to give you a lot of what I think about life. <laughs> yeah. Of course, the proper position for any preacher and teacher of the Word of God is under the Word of God. Mm-hmm. We're to be under the authority and hidden behind the cross of Jesus Christ. That is the only way to faithfully preach the Word of God. And for the record, we quoted Second Timothy 4, 2, mm-hmm. but Second Timothy 4, 1, bears down on the shoulders of Timothy, God, Christ, the kingdom, the second coming, and the final judgment. <laughs> oh, yeah. We preachers will be directly accountable to God for how we handle his word. But that and that's and that's kind of what I'm 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 getting at is I don't see that second Timothy four one. I just want to read it. He says again, I charge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ who's to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. That is the that is the foundation for preach the word right there. I mean, he lays that out to say this is a charge. And I, I know when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, I served at the pleasure of the president and the generals in charge of me, and they gave me a charge, and, and I— and I had to take that serious. And I'm just saying that I think, you know, John Piper wrote a book years ago called, called Brothers Were Not Professionals. And I yep. think ministry has become a profession for a lot instead of a calling. And, and I would also mention his book, 
the supremacy of God in preaching mm-hmm. that begins with the with the simple but profound statement people need God mm. and I don't think we remember that sometimes in the pulpit they don't need our cleverness they don't need to regurgitate what they're saying on Fox News, CNN, and MSNBC. They need news from another network. Uh, (laughs) People need God. Mm -hmm. And and he also says in that opening paragraph that that God is the unknown cure. They need God, and many of them don't know it. Mm -hmm. And the only way to give them God is to faithfully proclaim the word by which God has revealed himself to man. Mm, that's that's good well you know i remember and i i can't remember if it was spurgeon or another guy he said preach so plainly that our hearers can't miss it so passionately that our hearers can't dismiss it and so incarnationally that they can't see us and finally preach jesus and i mean that was that was his four preaching points and i i mean i think of a guy like spurgeon and i think of you you've been in ministry now how old are you today Oh boy, I'm 47 years old. I've been. This is gonna. This is. I'm about to say something embarrassing. In November, in November, I will have been pastoring for 30 years. Wow. I was called to pastor in November of 1990. Literally, when I say I've done this all of my adult life, you know, I just I'm too young to have been pastoring 30 years. But uh, I'm grateful for the journey and pray God will give me many, many more years to serve his people, to exalt his name, and to proclaim his son. Well, I know that uh, where Steve Lawson and John MacArthur speak very highly of your preaching, which is a great con- – because both of those men are great expositors, too. And mm-hmm. when you do what you've done for so long, H.B., it doesn't come without its pains and its marks. Uh, that it leaves on you because you deal with people and you deal with that as a shepherd, uh, you have to deal with sheep. A friend of mine says, if you can't smell, stand the smell of sheep, you shouldn't be a shepherd because it's tough. And, and in our yep. country, it's really tough. Um, and what people don't tell you about sheep is that they bite. Oh, they do bite. Yeah, they do bite. And so when I think about you doing what you do, um, how, how do you, work through that because i know it had when you came here it was difficult you came into a difficult situation anytime transitions happen it's difficult so i know you leaned on the word and prayer but but practically what do you do when you get discouraged from that where do you go other than is it is it just scripture you just meditate how do you deal with that as a leader who is being bombarded sometimes with negative things from the people you're trying to help sure um the um, I will give you three quick answers. The first answer is that, um, you know, people ask, you know, how do you keep, you know, with all of the blessings on your ministry, how do you keep focus? Well, I am married to Crystal, and I got three kids. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a way of quickly bringing you back to, to reality. To earth, to <laughs> back to reality pretty quickly. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, the the... The second thing is that um, it's important that the minister maintains, strengthens, deepens perpetually the devotional life. Really, um, if, you, if, if you're not going to capsize uh, 
Mm-hmm. You got to have more weight but below the waterline than above the water. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then thirdly, um, my first year in ministry, so mind you, that's from 17 to 18, mm-hmm. um, I was greatly discouraged by something that happened at the end of that first year. And the Lord gave me a verse, Hebrews 6.10. God is not unjust, and he will not forget the love you have shown by serving his people as you continue to do. Mm. People may forget, but God will not forget. Mm. And so you've got to remember that there's really, you're, you're ministering to an audience of one. Yeah. Uh, and quick, real quick, I'd rather be getting beat up on the field and have God put me on the bench, too. That's the other thing. <laughs> you know, and you say that on your website about ministering to an audience of one, and I, I really appreciate that. You know, Spurgeon said that when you, you know, don't get upset when people speak bad about you because you're far worse than they know. <laughs> he said yes, that. Indeed. Bob, listen, yeah. I, I love having the conversation with someone who has – at the ready, just as many Spurgeon quotes as I have. Oh, I, I, oh listen, I love Spurgeon. I mean, he, he has been one of the old dead guys that ministers to me. Well, listen, we are so excited about having you at the retreat. Our time has come to an end. I want to tell our listeners one more time, uh, you c- can go to Amazon and get It Happens After Prayer, H.B. Charles Jr. You can also go to his website, hbcharlesjr.com. For more information on Shiloh Church, go to shiloh.church. HB, it's been a great time. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. And uh, how can we pray for you? we got about 30 seconds. Real quick, what's the biggest prayer need you have right now? Psalm 90, verse 12. Just pray God to help me to use my time wisely that he's given me so that uh, I'll get a heart of wisdom. Oh, that's going to be our prayer, and I look forward to seeing you on Saturday, okay? All right, all the best, buddy. All right. Hey, that was H.B. Charles. Again, his website is hbcharlesjr.com, shiloh.church. And uh, we're going to be here tomorrow uh, back with Taylor, and we're going to be looking again at Daniel and just uh, how big is our God. So thank you for listening. If you want to listen to this or any past broadcast, you can go to swatradio.com and click on past programs. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow on SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirit.